Mark Twain once said, the secret of getting ahead is getting started. Hey, this is KB. I'm a technologist, thought leader, and self-published author. I've been publishing ebooks, print books, audio, video, and other content online since 2015. I stumbled quite a bit, tried many different types of content, marketing strategies, software tools, and social media streams. Now I'm here to help you learn from my mistakes and find inspiration along the way. We'll take a journey together to leverage your content, dive into practical tips, and test out actionable strategies that move you from posts to profit. This is the Self-Pub Empire Podcast. Welcome back. We're on part two of psychology's top tips for starting your creative work and getting started sometimes can be really hard. So did some research and found a lot of information online about tips on how to get started. Some of these I've used myself. Some of these are new to me as well. So this is part two. If you haven't checked out part one, feel free to finish this one out and go back to part one, previous episode. We hit seven top tips last time. We've got another seven this time with some bonus material as well. I'm going to add the bonus material in right now. I talked about this a little bit in the last podcast, but I'm going to reemphasize the fact that discipline greatly outweighs motivation. It is a much greater power than motivation. Once again, from data from the Harvard Business Review revealed that Disciplined individuals outperformed their less disciplined counterparts by 59%. And this also included consistent effort as well. So I think discipline is very important. Not perfect at it myself. I keep practicing and it's something else that I think is powerful. You can practice discipline and make it a habit. Motivation makes it so that you are going to do something when you feel like it. Discipline helps you do something because you want to. And what's funny about that for me in my own personal experience, discipline gets me started and then I start enjoying the process. Do I really want to do this? It feels like you're really writing and doing a podcast and starting that and setting up and making sure I've got everything and getting ready with my notes. And like, do I really want to do this? And then I start the process and then the motivation actually kicks in afterwards. And I very much enjoy the process. So a little bit of bonus material there from my research and my personal experience, but let's jump into number eight. And number eight is practicing mindfulness. So this is really about enabling you to stay focused on the task at hand without being distracted by other intrusive thoughts. And I have a couple of thoughts and tips on this one as well. Using a grounding technique such as deep breathing can help bring yourself into the present moment. There's a great book out there called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle that emphasizes living in the present moment to focus on the task at hand. So mindfulness allows you to focus and ignore some of those distractions and things like that. Single tasking, really instead of that multitasking that people think they can do, is really a, a big part of this as well. Concentrating on one thing or one aspect of the project at a time or one bite-sized piece, like we talked about last time, give it your full attention, that will help tremendously in moving your work forward or even just getting started, that small piece and focusing just on that. You know, for creators, the demands of that continuous creativity really can be 
balanced by that mindfulness as well and just attacking pieces one thing at a time and being mindful about your surroundings and distractions and so on and so forth. There's a little bit of overlap here with some of the other tips, but I'm feeling in my life and in my experience that really concentration is the new superpower. I've read that online as well. There's some pop sci that talks about these things in this day and age. Why is it a superpower? We have so many distractions. We have our cell phones, we have smartphones that we can look at anything and social media is very tempting and it's very much gotten to the point where it's enticing and your brain starts to go through this doom scrolling habit and you start to just like watch TV. It's the same thing as like watching TV as they talked about in the old days. And so being mindful and creating that focus helps you create that habit. Stay focused on your goal. Stay focused on your one piece. Just do that one step and do some deep breathing and you'll find what you're looking for as far as being able to get started with that mindfulness. Number nine, let's jump into that one. Embracing uncertainty. This one is kind of obvious, I guess, to me. I hope it's obvious to everyone else. Uncertainty is going to happen. It's a creative endeavor. You don't know what really is going to take place or issues you're going to face, and you have to prepare yourself that you're going to run into problems or uncertainty. There's ambiguity, and sometimes making decisions in ambiguity is a really, really, a really, really powerful ability for someone to be able to do that well. Because life is unpredictable, projects can be unpredictable, and your creative work can be unpredictable. You might be taken in ways you, you never thought possible before. So if you recognize and accept this, you really allow yourself the freedom to explore those possibilities without fe feeling that pressure to, to find that perfect solution. This mindset really encourages that flexibility be, you know, embracing uncertainty, fostering more of that work, being innovative with it, organic, solving problems with it, and reduce helping. It also helps reduce the fear of making mistakes as well. Embracing that uncertainty also combats perfectionism. So, you know, I've told myself in the past that the books are not going to be perfect. They will never be perfect. And that's really okay. That is another interesting point is that this allows you to help manage that as well. We'll talk about perfectionism later on. That's number 13. But for this one, I think you get what I'm trying to say. Be prepared for accepting uncertainty and just moving forward from there. Number 10, developing self-compassion. I would say that most people are the biggest critics of themselves, and yet it doesn't seem to do us any good that we're hard on themselves, hard on ourselves, I should say, and yet we still don't do what we're supposed to do. I really need to lose weight and I don't like what I look like, for example, et cetera, and, but yet I'm still going to enjoy the extra chocolates that I like, something like that. And here we are, we're criticizing ourselves. It doesn't really help us. So instead, developing self-compassion is a better better chore, better track to take. And you're appreciating that effort that you're putting into the creative work, again, whether it's perfect or not, and start to enjoy it. And that's really where you're going to get that because you're, you're being compassionate with yourself. You're not trying to beat yourself up about how good or bad it is. So you're going to acknowledge those challenges. You're going to acknowledge the complexities that are inherent in the process and not being too harsh on yourself with what it is that you're creating. It might not be their best work. It might not be good at all. You might not like it. And that's okay. Be compassionate to yourself and say, that's okay, I can try again or do something else. Cultivate that kindness and understanding towards yourself and your setbacks 
and you're going to find yourself actually nurturing yourself. Some people say that true joy comes from within. Happiness is fleeting, but true joy actually comes from within and lasts. It's kind of similar to the idea of discipline versus motivation. Discipline lasts, whereas motivation can be fleeting. Happiness is fleeting, but inner joy does last. So if you're self-compassionate, a lot of times you're going to move towards that self-joy, being able to get that joy from within. And it's important to be that empathetic person because the world isn't empathetic most of the time. So being empathetic to yourself, start with yourself, helps you move forward, helps you get working on something. And really, any kind of work towards a useful endeavor. This was a Nightingale comment from the past. I'll talk about uh, him some other time. That's really more moving towards something positive and useful. That's more than a lot of people can say. So you're already ahead of the game. Number 11, finding joy in the process itself. Now, this should be easy. Sometimes it's not, but you really better enjoy what you're doing. And I'm not talking about a day job or I'm talking about, I hope that's the case. I hope you enjoy your day job too, or your evening job or whatever. But if you're doing a creative work and you're not enjoying it, why are you doing it? That makes no sense. This one felt really painfully obvious to me, but yet I have a feeling people try to move forward with certain things and they don't find joy in the process anymore. I actually think some Folks have gone through this as kind of an existential crisis. If you watch PewDiePie's videos on YouTube over time, especially over the pandemic time frame and the last few years and the life that he was changing himself into and some of the drama that, that was created, and he realized that he had to step back a little bit from YouTube because he wasn't finding joy in the process anymore. He wasn't enjoying it as much. And so instead, he moved really to a, a better place and found joy in the process once again. So finding that in active creation, being joyful, rather than saying, I'm going to do it so I can make money, that would be great. But that doesn't mean that's your only goal. I certainly hope you like it. It can be balanced with those milestones you talked about and balanced with what you like to do, where you're going to go with it, and so on and so forth. If you're not finding joy in it, and it doesn't have to be every time, but if you're not finding any joy in it ever, you may want to pivot a little bit. From my own personal perspective, I said to myself, I don't want to write books anymore. I think it's fun. I enjoyed it. I've done a bunch of different kinds of books, which I'll talk about later for different you know, aspects and of the types of things that you can publish on Amazon publishing. But I decided that I was not going to do it anymore. So I'm doing podcasts instead, which is actually becoming be a lot more fun. So it was time to pivot. And that's what I did. And for creators, especially, sometimes you can push through and get your magnum opus done and release to this world and, and have this little excitement and then release it. And, you know, no one seems to care. So that is painful. But if you're finding and enjoying the process, does it really matter? Probably not because you've enjoyed it. You did it and you found it worthwhile for yourself. So find that inner joy in that work. Number 12, seeking feedback selectively. I am careful about this one because this might not be a popular opinion, but you have to be really careful about what kind of feedback you're getting, not what kind of feedback you're getting, but where you're getting your feedback from. Not everyone is going to be supportive. Not everyone's going to provide good feedback. You may end up with a lot of bad feedback that's just very negative. 
and pointless. Like, why didn't someone else do this before? Or why would you bother doing this? There's a million of these other things around there. You're going to fail. Sometimes that feedback is really not helpful for you to get started. You say, yeah, why is that? So you want to make sure that you, you're sharing any kind of progress or any kind of work with trusted individuals that provide constructive input, but also respect your creative vision. And that's tricky. Unsupportive criticism, criticism at early stages of any work really will kill it. And the right mix of person, and you'll know who those people are, will be able to help you with the right kind of information back and feedback without destroying your ego and without saying things that are really not founded in fact, but are emotion. So there's nothing worse, really, than sharing something with someone who will be overly critical, critical or unsupportive of it. They may have good insights into the work itself, but they probably really just destroyed your mental motivation. So now you're stuck. What do you, what do, you do? You're really going to have to struggle and go back to square one. So what you want to do is find a balanced approach. This is my opinion. You want to find, find a balanced approach. Find that individual. And, and as a side note, this is important. If your significant other is unsupportive, you need to do one of three things. You need to either stop the work because really you're just working against the stream and the flow of your life because you're going to get resistance all the time for this. You can also explain kindly with the intent of getting bored with your work and hopefully they'll come around and say, yes, I support you. What do you need from me to help you with this? And how do we draw a balance? Because I'm really thinking a lot of this is up to do with time. Creative works take time. And how do you balance out spending time on something? And then the significant other might not like that, for example. So that's option two. Option three, well, you might have to find a new significant other. Sadly, sometimes it takes option three. And you just move on. And that's the end of it. So I hope that you are thinking about someone in your life right now that could provide appropriate feedback that isn't overly critical and is supportive, but it's appropriate in saying you might want to tweak this or tweak that. I have several individuals in my life because I have a bunch of creative people that I work with, that I, I talk to all the time and that are in my really inner circle of people that I that I enjoy being around and they're just the right kind of people for this kind of thing. So seeking feedback selectively, that's number 12. Number 13, manage perfectionism. It will never be perfect. Never. I'm going to repeat that. It will never be perfect. There's no such thing. It's a fallacy. Perfectionism is dangerous and you need to move forward with, with the with good and and really good creative work, but not perfect, whatever that definition is. It's a, it's a fallacy. So challenge those unrealistic standards for yourself. And you really want to prioritize progress over perfection because progress over perfection for getting started means that maybe you're not an expert yet, but you're just starting out. Make progress. You'll become an expert. It's all you have to do is keep moving forward and keep learning. The Japanese have a wonderful concept called wabi-sabi. W-A-B-I-S-A-B-I, wabi-sabi. It's really the idea of embracing imperfections as an integral component of the creative journey and it's essential for fostering that creativity without being hindered by unrealistic expectations. It's really great to think about. I love that. I wish we had a word in English for that, but wabi-sabi is out there to say, hey, you know, this creative work isn't perfect, but the imperfections have come along with it, and that makes it 
what it is. Accepting that things will not be perfect is, is really one of the most powerful ways to unblock your flow and get back on track. That's okay to remember that you're, you're going to have that imperfection. It's okay to un- help with this, to unblock your flow, to use this, this, this way of saying, yeah, I'm not going to be perfect. This isn't going to be perfect. And I'm going to embrace some of the imperfections. I'm speaking on this podcast right now. Some of the words I'm fumbling with, I'm probably not going to edit those out. That's part of the imperfectionism of a podcast. I'm having a conversation with you. Conversations can be messy and not always exactly correct and enunciated appropriately. But I think I got previously, I can think I got Eckert Toll pronounced correctly. So pat myself on the back for that one. And I think I pronounced Wabi Sabi correctly as well. So again, pat myself on the back for the tough ones. But you can always go back and revise. I don't think I'm going to do that for some of this podcast, but certainly you can always go back and revise. And I don't think you want to revise right away. Get moving, get those progress pieces going, and that's okay. Progress over perfection. And I think I'm starting to accumulate some phrases in this podcast that I'm going to keep going back to. I've got posts to profit. I'm also talking about the content value stream, and progress over perfection. And I think those three are really, really good guiding principles that I'm going to continue to emphasize in this podcast. All right, number 14. This is the last one outside the bonus material that we're going to talk about of the 14 of these tips, psychological tips for really starting your creative endeavor. 14 is embody resilience. I, I think you could probably say, that you really want to be able to embody resilience in your life, not just in your creative work. And I think that you're going to find that you will have challenges and setbacks and obstacles and things to overcome when you're creating whatever it is you're creating. It could be any kind of kind of thing that will be a challenge, but being creative and thinking through it and being resilient and taking those punches and, and rolling with those punches, I, I think is very important. And I think there's a quote, and I can't remember who said it, but really it's not how many times you fall down, it's how many times you get back up after after you do so. And there's other ones too. Zig Ziglar, I think, had a story, and I recommend, by the way, as a side note, I recommend actually any kind of Zig Ziglar information or stories or content you can find out there. His stuff is still out there, and he is really a great motivational speaker. He is really good with quips and phrases. And I like that style. And I think we've lost some of those things, but I think that he was able to condense concepts very quickly into bite size items that I think you're going to, that I think that you might really gain a lot from. And I'll probably another podcast, talk about all the books that influenced my thinking in my life. And Zig Ziglar is definitely one of them. I think one of the ones that comes to mind with resilience is you don't know when you're driving downtown, when all the green lights are going to be green, when all the lights are going to go green. You can't predict that. And people are going to say, well, I'll get going when, and he says it, you know, he, he does it in such a way that it's such a story and, and it's amusing. And it's like, I'll just get going when all the lights turn green, zig and blah, 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 blah. And he'd talk through all those kinds of things and say, but the point, say those kinds of things and have phrases. And, but the point here is you don't know 
what you're going to run into. You can't predict when the lights are going to go green to get downtown. So you have to be resilient for when the stoplights hit and you're able to move forward from there when the light turns green again. And eventually you'll get downtown, sometimes quickly, sometimes not so quickly. And you have to be resilient. So that's a great story from Zig. You can check him out. I certainly would do so. I, I certainly enjoy it. I think one of his books that he had was called I'll see you at the top. And if I remember correctly, he was unable to get it published and he had overcome just that part by really publishing it, I think himself. And this was in a day and age way before Amazon that he was prominent and running seminars and he would be a motivational speaker and travel all over the country. And so I think it was, I'll see you at the top, but there's a, there's a lot of good audio that you can find from Zig and his presentations are, are really, really good. He passed away a number of years back, but really he was a, a great motivational speaker and he had a lot of these great stories and concepts that I think were very useful. I remember another one too, that just popped into my head, which really was about the idea that someone was saying, well, Zig, I'll, I'll get to it after such and such thing happens and I'll really get after it. And, and then the thing happened, oh, wait, but then this other thing came up and then I'm going to really get after it. And he, he, of course, tells it in such a way. And, and so the bottom line really came down to, you've got to manage the fact that there's numerous excuses that you're going to run into mentally that's going to keep you from doing your work. So going back to this, number 14, embodying, embodying that resilience or embracing it you can have to you have to try to cultivate that emotional flexibility and realize that you can accept your obstacles and find these challenges as an opportunity for growth. Can you learn something from it? Not always, but can you learn something from it? Keeping you open-minded, you can pivot from the setbacks, pivot from certain things. I'm going to use the books again. I don't want to write books anymore. And so I'm pivoting away from that. And this is what I'm doing instead. You can get valuable lessons from these challenges that you run into, and fortitude, perseverance, kind of goes back to discipline and an enduring commitment to that creative work that you're trying to do. You're going to be able to overcome hurdles and actually create what it is that you're trying to create. And hopefully that momentum and the flow that you're going to receive from that will help you as well. So if you're in the flow and you're running into obstacles, you can come back from that quickly because the flow helps you helps you do that. So that's number 14. That's the last one on the list. It's embodying the resilience. So going back to the beginning and what I talked about before, let's do a quick recap of all of the items and then talk about discipline. So number one, setting a clear intention. What's the goal that you try to have in mind? Two, create a environment for yourself, conducive to your work. Three, Establish a routine, make it a habit, right? Those kinds of things. Four, engage in pre-work rituals. What things help you get in the mind state that you're looking for? Five, overcoming that fear of failure. It's a huge, huge influencer on behavior fear. Six, start with small steps, bite-sized pieces. Seven, leveraging your inspiration triggers. How do you get motivated? What motivates you? Seek those things out. Eight, practicing mindfulness. Nine, embracing uncertainty. 10, developing self-compassion. 11, finding joy in the process itself. 12, seeking feedback selectively. 13, managing perfectionism. And 14, embracing that resilience. And so talking about, again, discipline versus motivation, what separates you from other creators? How can you really not necessarily differentiate yourself to the market, but what differentiates you from someone that isn't 
was saying that they say that I want to be a YouTuber and not really doing it. And that really is accepting and embracing some, if not all of these tips to keep you going, small bites, being disciplined with it, having consistent action, providing consistent work. And that's what differentiates you. And if you can do that, I think you'll succeed. And I know that I would be very interested to hear what things you do to help you get motivated and create what it is you're going to create. And you can always put those in the comments and the show. We're going to link to a lot of things in the show comments themselves, in the show notes, I should say. And there's some wabi-sabi right there, some imperfection. And so I hope that these episodes you know, help you rethink how you approach your creative process. I know actually from the research I did, they did for me as well. Many times it's 1% inspiration and 99% perspiration to get you going and hopefully get you from post to profit. Until next time, keep going and believe in yourself. Thanks for listening. Hey, congratulations. You just listened to another episode of the Self-Pub Empire podcast. I really hope you found something inspiring, useful, and actionable for your own entrepreneurial and business aspirations. Let's keep connecting as solopreneurs, authors, and online creators of all kinds. For more information, how-tos, great tools, and show notes for the show, head over to selfpubempire.com slash podcast. Until next time, let's continue moving from posts to profit.